On today's episode of the podcast, I talk about what it's like to be three and a half weeks postpartum and what these first weeks of the newborn bubble has actually been like. I talk about my recovery from birth and how I'm feeling physically and emotionally, and of course talk about sleep and the really important need to lower the bar, to be okay with not getting anything done, not getting anything accomplished, and how I'm doing my best to rest and lean into this season of softness in my life. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's jump in. Hi, everyone. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the show. Welcome to Newborn Bubble, <laughs> which is where I reside right now. Good morning. Yeah, of course, I don't know what time it is as you're listening to this, but it is morning over here. And I am just, I'm just deep in the baby bubble right now. Like there, it's very hard for me to think about anything else. It, it really is just all consuming this time. And um, if I sound tired, it's because I am, I am absolutely tired. I'm tired and uh, feeling blissful feeling just soft and vulnerable and exhausted and happy and you know all the things at the same time and I find it so you know it's so funny when you have a when you have a newborn baby and you're nursing all night and you're not getting the sleep that you normally get I find that the mornings we don't really have that clear transition from night to day you know with an older child a little bit older I mean we'll have this in a couple of months but you know, they kind of wake up at a certain time every morning. And regardless of how the night has been, if it was a terrible night or a great night or a full night's sleep or no sleep, you know, the day has begun. Like that child will be awake and like, okay, here we go. The day, the day is starting. But with a newborn, you know, they just sleep so much and they sleep all the time. And I find that that transition to waking up, it's just, it's very long. Like sometimes we wake up and I feel like, is it morning time? And it's five and that could be morning. And sometimes it's nine. <laughs> that could be morning. It just really depends on just like how he's sleeping. And sometimes we wake up for the day and I'm like, okay, hey, it's seven o'clock. Let's go. Go down to the kitchen. Let's start making breakfast. And then five minutes later, he's back asleep. And then I kind of want to go back to sleep because I want to sleep when he sleeps, you know. And then it's like we don't get that waking moment of, you know, hello, brand new day. It's just kind of several hours of just transitioning <laughs> into daytime. It really is. It's so, it's so wild. Like, I don't know, nursing a, a newborn baby, obviously pregnancy and giving birth, it's just such a wild trip on its own. And then this first time with a new baby, it's so all consuming. It absolutely is just, it's overwhelming. It's so intense. There's no space in anybody's brain or day <laughs> or life for anything other than the newborn stuff. 
you know, it's just, it takes over every little inch of your emotional being, of your heart, of your brain, of your mental state, of your body, of your time. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's funny how a tiny little creature can just change everything. I mean, it really is. And obviously I've done this once before, so I don't know why I'm surprised. I, I, but it really does feel like Dennis and I, like we are doing this for the first time. It feels that way. We've just forgotten about everything. <laughs> I thought I would kind of, I mean, we're, we're back in the flow of it. I'm going to tell you all about just how these first few weeks have been and how things are going and how I'm doing and what we're doing. I mean, we're going to talk about that today, but it's, it's, we're definitely back in the flow of things because I feel like that happens just inevitably pretty quickly. But I actually am very surprised at how new this feels. It really does not feel like the first time around. It does not feel like, you know, oh, the same thing again. You know, we did this before. We know what we're doing. I I don't know if we know what we're doing. <laughs> so I don't know. I think that the difference this time around, I mean, there's a lot of differences, obviously. I mean, I'm older and that's good and bad. <laughs> Like, I I feel older in my body, definitely. Postpartum recovery this time around is a, is a whole different experience. I mean, that is just, it's night and day. So that's, that's, that's yeah, very, very, very different. I don't feel like I have less energy or anything like that. Actually, I feel like I, I feel a little more energized this time around. I feel probably because I don't have a million other things to get to. I don't have thousand other stressors in my life. You know, I, I literally have a calm life and then a, this baby to, to tend to, right? So it's, life is more, is more manageable, but just recovery physically is different this time around. And I'm going to, I'm going to talk about that, but yeah, so I feel older in a, in some ways it's hard, but in many ways it's also really good because I, I have done this before, even though I feel like I can't remember so much of it. And there's a different feeling of trust inside. I don't have that, you know, like little freak out or panic about things I don't know how to deal with, or I don't have this feeling like I have to look outside of myself all the time for answers and for, for support and for advice and well, definitely some support that I need, but not for advice and guidance. I feel like I have that kind of, I am drilled into my intuition this time around and first time I wasn't because I'd never done it before, of course. And also maturity and healing and inner work and stuff has definitely helped. But this, this, this postpartum time, this newborn time is, it's so beautiful. I mean, it really, really, really is. It's so beautiful and it's so hard. (laughs) And it's also so easy. I don't know how everything can be so contrasting. It totally is. It's, it's really wild. But yeah, I want to talk a little bit about, so a lot of people have been asking me so much, just how, how am I recovering? Like, how am I healing from labor and from birth? And how am I doing? And I didn't really go into that at all. Last week's podcast, I just, I shared the birth story and so many, so many of you listened to it. It was a very long story and you really tuned in and yeah, it's a, when I think about it now, just sharing the story, I, in the, during the pregnancy, I was really looking forward to getting to share the story of my free birth. But of course it was my first free birth. So there was a lot of unknowns and it was just, it felt like a very big milestone that I was really hoping to arrive at. And then I shared the story and it feels like not a big deal at all. I honestly thought I would be 
you know, shouting my free birth from the rooftops and just, you know, so proud and and like wanting to tell the whole world and this incredible thing that I did. And I don't feel that way at all. I actually feel like this was so basic, like it was so normal. It was mundane. It was not a big deal. And now when people approach me about it, I'm kind of like, eh, you know, it was birth. <laughs> it's just, it's completely taken all the drama out of birth for me. The fear is gone, the uncertainty, the, you know, I really feel like I could have 10 more babies and I would free birth all of them and it would be so normal. Like it would not be this big, dramatic, crazy, uh, radical thing at all. So I'm really happy that the birth story is out there, but uh, I haven't even written about it on social media. I, want, I thought I would do like a big write-up or maybe share a video and I just haven't gotten to that. Maybe I will get to that, but it doesn't feel pressing. But so one thing I didn't get to cover just because the birth story obviously took some time to really share was just, you know, the me side of things afterwards, like how I'm doing. So postpartum wise, I mean, one of the most asked questions I've gotten, and I, I, I was a little surprised that so many people wanted to know this, was whether or not I tore during birth. And it wasn't during labor. It wasn't a fear that I had. So I guess that's why it just wasn't on my mind at all. I had no, uh, yeah, it just wasn't a concern or worry. It was not part of my, I had some worries, some like, okay, if this happens, what do I do? You know, if so-and-so, like for instance, like if some real emergency would occur, if I would have like a uterine rupture, for instance, which is extremely rare, but just say that would happen, what would that present like? And then how? What, what action would we take, right? Like that was a scenario that I had gone through in my mind, just even though it's a really, 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 really crazy wild card, like doesn't happen to anyone kind of thing. I had that in my mind. I did not have in my mind at all, will I tear? Is something going to break? Will I need stitches? Uh, you know, am I going to have a big postpartum bleed? Like that was not a fear of mine. So I guess that's just, that's why I'm surprised I had so many people ask that, but I guess it's a big fear for a lot of people, which of course makes sense. And I guess it wasn't a fear of mine because I didn't tear with Leia either. And her birth, like the the pushing face of birthing Leia was so excruciatingly hard and long. And I guess I think I have it kind of integrated. Like if I didn't tear with her, where that pushing face was just felt impossible, then why would I tear in another kind of birth, right? Unless I would have uh, an even harder pushing phase, which I really was expecting to not, since this is my second baby. But, you know, I didn't know. But so, of course, with a free birth, like, you don't know, right? It's very, very different. If you birth at the hospital or you birth at home with a midwife, you have immediately afterwards, like when placenta is out, they check you, they examine you, they might insert their hands and, and things and... Um, and see if you've had a, a tear or, you know, a rupture of any kind. And when, with a free birth, like, you don't know. <laughs> so I had just kind of planned, like, I'm just going to go by feel and just completely go by intuition here. And I'm going to assume that my body knows what to do. The likelihood of severe tearing is much less in free births and much, much, much lower in home births. It's like the big statistic that they have for home births also is around postpartum bleeding. 
and hemorrhaging and things like that after birth. Like it basically doesn't happen at home compared to at the hospital. And a lot of that is because when they induce you and they give you drugs, it changes the body and thins the blood and makes bleeding harder to stop. So those things are more common in hospitals because of the interventions, but you don't get them at home. So obviously that, you know, makes sense that that doesn't happen at home in the same extent. But so, yeah, so I told you the story last, last week and I, I, I really, I don't know if this is, not any of this is too much like TMI. I don't feel that way at all, but I really had that experience of in the pushing face, like my body doing it for me. And it felt very integrated. Like it felt very, I wasn't forcing it. I wasn't doing something my body wasn't ready for. Um, and I did have that experience of my body kind of pushing his head down and then bringing him back up and then doing that several times, which of course stretches the tissues and makes the likelihood of tearing less. And I think that really was, I think that's part of the inherent intelligence of birth, how it works when it's undisturbed. And that we don't really get that chance if it's coerced or forced or coached pushing because the outer person coaching the laboring person to push doesn't know what it feels like or what's actually happening or when is the perfect time to let go, to step back, to push, to, you know. So, of course, when you, you know, when you're coached into pushing and someone's telling you what to do, the likelihood of tearing and needing stitches and things is, is much higher so then after he came out, obviously it hurt like a motherfucker, like the head, <laughs> ring of fire, like the whole thing. But this is so funny. Only people who've, who've given birth will like know. But if you know, you know, right? Like it's such peak intensity of, of, of life. And then after his head came out, you know, the, his body, it was totally effortless. It was painless. It was... Yeah, it was just, it was blissful, like the very last part of him coming out. And this is a big baby, right? He's 10 pounds, he's 4.6 kilos. He's, 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 he's big, like even by, by my standards. And I think big babies, like there's no such thing as like a too big of a baby. And I was kind of expecting him to be around this. Like my brother was 4.7 when he was born. My dad was five kilos when he was born. The boys on my side of the family are like are born big. So and Leia was 4.2. So I think I I just I didn't really think about birth weight a lot. I just expected him to be like close to five. And then, you know, that immediate postpartum, like when placenta is out and like you're so swollen. <laughs> everything is swollen, everything is so sore, everything is it and I just decided to to go by gut feeling, like. I didn't feel like I tore. Uh, I didn't feel like anything was wrong. I didn't have excessive bleeding. Uh, nothing, you know, strange happened during the pushing phase. It really felt like my body was doing what it was supposed to do. So intuitively, I feel like I just didn't tear. But of course, I couldn't have known unless I took a mirror down there or asked Dennis or, or someone to to really examine me, which I didn't want to do either. I didn't want to have an, some sort of like, yeah, I just... It didn't feel necessary at all. And I guess this is why people were just so curious. Like, how do you know if that happened or not? And and my plan for postpartum either way was just to take it really easy, to stay in bed with my legs closed. I'm not going to be doing any squats or any, um, you know, crazy acrobatics or, or, or yoga or anything afterwards anyway. And if I were to have had like a small tear or something, it would heal on its own. 
I really believe in self-healing. And there also there are some studies that really show that the body heals better without stitching when it's a certain degree of tear. And especially the vagina, which is really meant to heal easily on its own. So first couple of days, you know, I, I pee and I, I, I do my business, you know, that the, they were supposed to do. And it felt fine, like absolutely fine. Uh, no like scary pain to go to the bathroom. Uh, just that kind of like the first day or two of peeing, you know, like that was kind of like, ugh, you know, just feels sore. But then after that, like nothing strange, going to the bathroom, going number two, which is can be like this super scary, really intense, painful thing, like absolutely wasn't at all. So that's how I knew, like, I just, I just knew like I didn't tear. And if I tore, it could have been one of those little like scratches or like a first degree or like a little, you know, like you have a little bruising or something, but not something that would require any kind of, you know, intervention of, of any kind. And then about a week postpartum, I did take a mirror um, because I wanted to kind of see like, what's the situation down there? And everything looks good. <laughs> I can't believe I'm telling you this. Actually, I can't believe, like, what, what do I not tell? <laughs> so yeah, so I didn't tear. And so I didn't have excessive bleeding or anything like that. But what I did have was this, because all throughout pregnancy, I had this super intense pubic bone and pelvic pain, right? And I mean, I've talked about this, I think probably too much. It was so intense all the way through. And that pain didn't go away, which is something people had told me that, because uh, I kept saying, oh, as soon as they give birth, like all of the, these symptoms are going to disappear and I'll feel great. And what I did have like the in the weeks following was just this feeling of pressure, this, like it hurt to walk, this feeling like I was just very, very swollen. And then this like pelvic pubic bone pain that just was very similar to to the way it was during pregnancy but but different I don't know worse in some ways and better in some ways but it was just there and when I gave birth to Leia I like I've been looking at pictures I scroll back into my Instagram just to like see like what did I do the days following giving birth we were on the beach day two like literally <laughs> I, we were back at the studio. I was working. I was taking meetings. We went to go, we went out to dinner. Like we were just doing stuff and was just very active immediately. I didn't have any concept of rest, like what that actually meant. And I think I was back on my yoga mat like a week in, I think maybe sooner, you know, of course doing gentle stuff. Just, I, I, I mean, I had still like given birth and it was like a pretty intense birth. But I, I mean, I, it must have meant that I actually felt physically well enough to do that. And this time around, no way in hell. I just felt very, this massive need to stay lying down. This huge need to remain in bed, to stay in the bedroom, to not walk the stairs, to not be out and about. Like the idea of just walking down to the lake, which is like a one minute little walk, felt so far away. Just intuitively, I just wanted to rest and take it so easy. And I don't know if it's this time around that I'm just more aware and more present with what my body needs, or if it's age and I do need more rest need this time around than I did, did last time, or if it's just actually some big physical just difference in that sense. But I did feel this kind of, yeah, just this need to take it very, 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 very easy, which has been hard, to be honest. 
Um, like I would love to just be out and moving more and having been pregnant for so long and having kind of a rough pregnancy, especially in the end where I couldn't move easily. Just the idea of like being out for like a long walk, like going for a run. Like I want to, in my mind, like I want to get to places where I can just really be free and move in my body again, but I'm not there. I'm three weeks postpartum now or three and a half weeks postpartum now and I'm still not there. And I think I had this idea in my mind that I would heal very, very quickly and I would be, you know, back to stuff, especially when it comes to movement because I've been craving movement so much. And three weeks is nothing, right? We all know, like, don't listen. I'm just, I'm just being honest about what my head, like how my brain talks to me. Three weeks is nothing. It really, really is. You know, they say 40 days, the first 40 days are the most crucial uh, and so important in terms of how we rest and how we nourish ourselves and how we re- get to replenish and restore. And I have this little battle with my mind of, well, shouldn't I be back to normal now? Shouldn't I just have like popped back to pre-pregnancy? Like, no, obviously not. And I had this thing, I don't know, I think, yeah, two weeks postpartum where all of a sudden I started feeling amazing. I just like, I have no pain anywhere anymore. I feel so great. I had lots of energy. And then I, you know, it's like a really nice morning. It wasn't too hot. It's been really hot, but it wasn't too hot. And I tell Dennis, I'm like, hey, I think I'm ready for like a walk, like a good walk. Like, should we, should we take the baby in a stroller and see if he likes the stroller? And he's like, yeah. So we took the dogs and Leia and baby and put him in the stroller, which felt like a huge thing. And we headed outside and go out into this little road, like where we live and went for a little walk. We walked, it was a one kilometer walk. Like I actually asked Dennis to to check afterwards. I felt so good. It was so nice to be outside just to move. Of course, it was like a slow walk. It was very chill. 1K. And then we get back home and I start feeling like shit, like actual shit. (laughs) And that happens so quickly. Immediately, my whole body was like, I don't know. It was like I had gotten up and like done a sprint or something. It, it was, I felt depleted from the inside out. I felt emotionally super, like I started crying. I all of a sudden felt pain, like in my vaginal vulva area again, which I hadn't had for days. And suddenly it hurt to sit in a certain way, which I hadn't done for a while. My pubic bone started hurting again, like all these things. I'm like, oh my God, I, I just like reversed my my healing like a whole week. Like it really felt like I, I fucked up <laughs> the rest that I had, had had. And I felt so discouraged and so sad. And then I had to really sit down and go like, what, what's, what's wrong with me? Like why, why is it so hard to just stay still, right? To just rest. Like we're a couple of weeks in. The time will come for really long walks. The time will even come for runs and yoga and all the things. Like all of that, like I know is coming back. Of course it is. But it's not right at this moment, right? And just because in my mind I feel like I'm somewhere doesn't mean that my body is ready for that. So I really think my greatest challenge this postpartum season is to rest enough, even though my whole focus is rest. And still it's very hard to yeah, to to really give myself that. And I think part of it is also this, I don't know, it's like society's version of 
what postpartum looks like in this culture, like where, where I live here in Sweden, there's very little support around postpartum. Like we have so much support in pregnancy and so much around parenting. Like the baby gets a huge amount of support afterwards. But for the mother, it's it's almost non-existent. And we really do have a culture of like, you want to be back out on the city streets, you know, going for coffees, going out to eat, doing things, looking cute right away. And I started feeling just like, what am I, what kind of a failure am I? I'm just here in my house for weeks and weeks and weeks doing nothing, needing all the support. Like I just started feeling like I was failing somehow. And all of this obviously is in my, in my head and not at all true. And if I look back at my promises to myself during pregnancy, it was to take so much more time (laughs) to really like as much time as I possibly can to move slowly, to take it easy, to, to be gentle, to go slow. And I have to just continue to remind myself of that and to remember to go back to what actually really matters. And it's also, you know, our long-term healing, how we actually heal long-term from pregnancy and giving birth, which is a huge ordeal. Like it's like the biggest, most massive ordeal for our bodies in every way. It really hangs on how we spend those first weeks, whether or not we do get depleted, whether or not we do get depressed postpartum or the blues, or whether or not we are able to nourish ourselves and to kind of return to a state of really good health like it hangs on what we do now how we nourish ourselves how we rest how we take care and um yeah it's just I I find it almost silly how much I need to remind myself of this all the time all the time all the time but so yeah so in this moment right here right now I'm actually getting some pretty good sleep which is really crazy So we've just figured out kind of, or I've just figured out how baby likes to sleep at night. So Finn, (laughs) Finn, (laughs) I still don't know like if his name is Finn. I don't know. And I feel weird about that. Like it's, I I don't think we're going to change it, but I still have like a little bit of hesitancy. Like if that's really his name, but that's what we're going for anyway. Like we're calling him Finn. His name is Finn. And every time I say it, I'm like, is it though? (laughs) (laughs) yeah he is just he's such he's such a sweetheart he's he's such like a little boy like he really has like a little boy energy he he has the same energy the same vibe as I felt in the womb like he feels like he's contemplating life like he's more not introverted but he's more like there's more happening under the surface with him versus Leia where everything is extroverted happening outside and yeah he's a tiny baby so it's not like we know his full personality or anything now but he's just he's just so sweet he really is so 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 sweet and just kind of looking out at the world and looking at me and every time he has those because he's he's so small he sleeps and poops and eats and then he has windows of alertness and awakeness right but they're not long it's not like he's all day like wow look at the world like no he's he's a newborn but when he has those windows of just being really awake like he looks at the trees and he's like whoa (laughs) you know he's just looks at the world with the sweetest most 
curious eyes. Like he's just, yeah, like he's seeing everything for the first time, which he obviously is. And just his his little being, it's just, I think I want to eat him. Like, you know, that feeling of just, he's so, so, so sweet. And he, we've just figured out, or I've just figured out how he wants to sleep at night. So the first couple of weeks, you know, he would either sleep like literally in my arms, like in the crook of my arm, like I'm nursing him and then he would fall asleep and I would just kind of stay there propped up with pillows. And then he would sleep a lot on my chest. Like he really loves to sleep. He only sleeps on his belly and he wants to sleep on top of us, like really. And especially in the day, that's hard, but that's just what it is. But it's hard not being able to kind of put him down or, uh, yeah, even just like, you know, putting him in a, in a stroller or in a crib, like for 30 minutes, I can take a shower. Like that does not happen right now. But so at night, it's been kind of like, I feel like we're nursing all night. Like it's just like I'm feeding him and feeding him and feeding him. And I was really wishing for like those longer windows of just like, why doesn't he go into a deeper sleep at night? And then he would have that deep sleep in the day but not at night. It's like it was reversed kind of. And then now just past couple of days, I've figured out like he actually wants to sleep on the bed on his own. Like he sleeps like next to me. And then I have my arm kind of like wrapped around him a little bit, but sleeping like that, just on his own next to me, instead of on top of me, uh, he actually does go into that like two or three hour deep sleep and then wakes up and nurses, but doesn't really wake. Like he just, he just whines a little bit like, "Mm." like hungry. And then I feed him and then I just burp him and put him right back. And then he goes into another two or three hour. And then we do that. So that's the night. It's like two to three hours and then, you know, 10 minutes of nursing or something, 15 minutes and then back to sleep. And we both go back to sleep. So when he's awake, like I actually, like when he wakes up for the day, I actually feel like I did get, like I've had like good sleep. I don't know. And with Leia, I was so terrified that she was going to stop breathing. I was so terrified she was going to die. I was terrified something was wrong. I could not go into a state of rest uh, with her. So she would sleep and I would kind of lie there staring at her or I would go into this half sleep, like a daze. And, uh, and, and I, I never felt rested with, you know, when she was a newborn. And now I'm like, this is, this is fine. And I have to knock on wood because obviously it's going to change at any moment. It changes all the time. Newborn sleep is not the same thing as baby sleep. Like we all know, like when the newborn phase is over, everything changes and it can get so much harder. They sleep so much at this stage, you know, know, it feels like the newborn stage is so hard, but actually they do sleep so much and it's a different, uh, every phase is really different. But having that sleep, having that rest, you know, that I do have, um, having the freezer full of really nourishing foods, having support. Um, it's been a huge, I mean, it's been super healing. I gotta say, like, I really think I'm going to look back at this time. as just like the most, the sweetest, softest, gentlest time. And we're just here on the farm and I'm just nursing and Dennis is cooking a lot and we're in the garden and I take these little windows. Like when, if he's sleeping with Dennis, I go out and I forage for something or I harvest something in the garden or I pull some weeds. Like I have these little 10 minute windows and then I, I come back inside and we're spending a lot of time just around the kitchen table talking and drinking tea and snacking constantly all day. And it's just this very, very, cozy, sweet 
time and also hard. Like what's hard about this time? I, th- I think the hardest, it's harder on Dennis this time. And it was with Leah also. Sometimes I think it can be harder for the partner or harder for the spouse or the father or whoever's the partner because he still has this mentality of wanting to get things done, right? Which I have completely surrendered. Like I have no, I mean, I still wish, you know, I, I can dream of something getting done, but it's like, like I have completely surrendered the idea that that's going to happen. And I think he still wakes up in the day like, okay, you know, maybe I can do my emails today or maybe we finish this project or he wants to cut the grass on the farm or like there's something like he wants to get done and it doesn't happen. Like it's just, it cannot happen. Like this is, everything is up in the air. Everything is dictated by this little three and a half week old baby. Nothing is predictable. I mean, it just is. (laughs) And I keep trying to tell him, I'm like, the fact that we are all home, that you get to be home with me, it's just this huge luxury no, I mean, it's so unbelievable. If you look at the world, like in Sweden, it's common and you get this time at home, both parents. But in the rest of the world, is if you look at the, like the postpartum time, having the whole family home, like Leia being home because it's summer, Dennis being home because he can, me being home, obviously, because I'm, I'm on maternity leave, but like all of us here together, having these first weeks to bond and to rest and to just be, I mean, this is the biggest blessing, like, you know, like people would do anything for this in a lot of places in the world where this is not accessible, where after a couple of weeks or a couple of months, you know, everyone has to be back at work and baby has to be put into daycare if you don't have other solutions. And, you know, it's, it's really harsh out there. And we have found ourselves in just the biggest little slice of of heaven right now. Like we're on this beautiful land. It's summertime. Like it could be, we could have had this baby in November <laughs> and it's pitch black outside all day and just pouring rain and cold. I mean, it would be so different, but like we happen to have this baby like in the peak of summer and it's so beautiful and we're in nature all day. We all get to be home and just be together. And like for this time, we just need to put aside the idea of accomplishments and, and the idea of <laughs> succeeding at stuff <laughs> and just like be soft and just enjoy. And, you know, if, and I told him like in the first week, like he was so, I think it was such a shock for him the first couple of days of like, holy shit, like we're back in this now. You know, it, it is such a transition those first days of yeah, it's 24 seven on at all times, you know, and I just really had to kind of sit him down and go, Hey, like if, if you in a day, like if, if, if I'm fed (laughs) and rested ish and baby's okay and Leia's happy and like the house is like, if, if, if we're just okay in a day, like you have completely succeeded at all of your jobs. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like literally, like that is it. Like, it's just, we have to lower the bar by a lot, you know? And also, I I don't know, it's been, the challenge for me a little bit has been around Leia. And I think because it's summer, which is beautiful and amazing, but if she had school now, you know, she would be busy in the day and then come home and have the time with us. But now I have this feeling like I need to entertain her. I don't want her to have a boring summer where she's just home because we're home with a baby 
and I don't want her to sit in front of the TV and I don't want her to have a screen in front in front of her face and like I have kind of high expectations for how I want like Leia's days to be and I've been really trying to have as many play dates as possible and spend time with the neighbors and I've asked friends and my brother to come over a lot and just to really focus on her and have fun and play and go swimming and be outside and do fun stuff with her that we just like can't do as much as we normally do these days but I also came to a point where I had to like I have to lower my bar here too like the other day I was uh, alone all all day with both of them which is not a big deal because Leia is the easiest kid and you know most people are alone with their newborns all day all the time but it was still it was really hard <laughs> it really was and he really was in a place that day where I couldn't put him down. He's just in my arms all day. And then I need to make lunch for Leia. And it's like, I, it, that's, that's, that's hard. So then I have to put him down and either leave him crying while I frantically try to put something on the stove, which just isn't okay for me. You know, like it's just, I, I don't, you know, or try to do it with no hands or try to have Leia help me do it. Or it was just like, I'm learning how to be a mother of two. And it was just, it was just a really hard day for me. And I just had to decide, like, it's on a day like today, like Leia's, what, we're, like, we're watching movies, like we're in front of the TV, sun is shining outside, I would much rather be outside doing something crafty or spending time in nature, but it's too bright and hot for this baby to be outside. And, uh, and we can't, like, so it's, we're watching Disney movies, like we're watching, oh, that's my baby. I had to take a little break uh, because Finn was sad and needed to eat. And now he's at my chest. <laughs> you might hear him a little bit in the background. And um, yeah, <laughs> I was just in my mind brought back to the many podcasts I've recorded with yeah, while nursing Leia when she was this little and and here I am six years later and there's a little boy here and it just feels like a I don't know it just feels so big I know I was just talking about you know lowering the bar and being okay with having to change expectations and being okay with nothing happening or everything not being the way that I had expected it to be and I find myself having to to do that with this podcast too, you know, as I took this little break now to go grab him. And then I come back to sit down. My mind tells me like, am I recording the world's most boring podcast? Like, what am I even talking about? Is this even exciting? Is this, are people going to listen to this? I should do something more tangible or better content or maybe I should plan the episode better and give some advice for postpartum or give something like that people can use. And I'm just sitting here talking about my day and talking about these weeks and, and it's so slow and maybe it's boring. Like maybe this is the world's most boring podcast. And I literally one minute ago, like I just sat down. I'm like, no, I am going to, I'm going to redo it. I'm going to start over and I'll do another podcast and it'll be more fun. <laughs> and I'll talk about postpartum time and, and first weeks with a newborn in a more exciting way <laughs> and maybe give some advice and some like little 
golden pieces of something so that there's better takeaways for you, the listener. And I'm just like, wait, (laughs) okay, maybe this is not the best podcast I've ever recorded in my whole entire life. Maybe the content that's coming out of me at this moment, three weeks postpartum, isn't the most incredible, viral, you know, like amazing content of my life. And maybe that has to be okay, right? I was literally just talking about lowering the bar, which I feel like is really one of the keys to making it through this this newborn phase. Because it's so hard if we have this expectation that we're supposed to be different or be elsewhere in our healing or in our bodies, right? Like that thought, and I've had that thought a couple of times of, of shouldn't, shouldn't I be thinner by now? Shouldn't my body look different by now? It's been so and so many weeks. When I was postpartum with Leia, I looked different than this. And even that thought for one second is so harmful. Immediately takes me out of this blissful, like oxytocin filled time of bonding with my baby and doing literally the hardest job any person can do at the hardest time. Like there's nothing more challenging and intense for anyone in this world than this time for someone who just gave birth like it is and I'm doing it with a lot of support and still it's hard right and even just having that thought once of maybe my body should look different maybe I should do something about my body is is enough to turn the whole situation upside down to just completely have everything feel futile and completely disconnects me, takes away all the joy, everything that's special, and puts me in this place of just, mm, yeah, a really negative place. So I've decided, like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that whole body thing. I'm not, not, I'm not, I'm not going to think about that. I'm not going to entertain those thoughts. I'm not going to have those conversations. Like, no, I'm just focused on being, you know, and then what the reflection in the mirror tells me, like, that's not for now. Hopefully it's for never, but it's it's definitely not for now. And just lowering the bar in every way possible so that I can just meet myself at this time, right? And meet this little guy. And I think for me, that means also being okay with this podcast being what it is. Like, honestly, the idea of me like sitting down and re-recording this, like doing, like it's just, it's, 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 it's impossible. Like it's not, it's ridiculous. And it also puts this expectation on me, like I'm supposed to, yeah, produce something spectacular at a time where I have to just be okay with good enough, right? I have to just be okay with what is. I'm not going to be making the most elaborate, incredible meals right now. I'm not going to be completing any projects at the farm. I'm not going to be recording the most amazing podcasts. Like I'm not going to be moving my body the way I would like to move my body. Like all the things that are in my mind are just not what's true. And it's also not what this season of life is for, right? I mean, I really think this season of our lives, it feels so long. It feels never ending. Like the nights are so long, right? But then you look back and it's all just over in a second. And we don't get this time back. Like this baby sleeping at my chest right now. He's never going to be this little ever again. And I'm going to blink and he's going to be six years old. (laughs) 
the way it feels like with Leia, I blinked and she's six years old. And at the end of our lives, like these years with our little ones, it's such a short period of time. It feels so long, but it's so short. And I could cry thinking about that because we don't get these years back, right? We get to do this with each baby one time. And it's so vulnerable and so special and so hard in the most beautiful way because it's supposed to be. And I think this season is supposed to change us in that deep, profound way, like change how we think, how our thought patterns work, change what we prioritize, change our ideas about ourselves and the world, change our judgments about ourselves, change our ability to love, like all of these massive, massive moments of growth and healing happen now. And we can either choose to slow down enough and soften and really be here for them, you know, or we can try to escape them and snap back to what was before and change what actually is and resist. And and it's going to make for a much, 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 much harder time. So I, <laughs> I'm going to choose and continue to choose to just stay the way I am, which right now means soft, like physically in my body, in my heart, in my mind, <laughs> in my ability to complete things and accomplish things. Like I'm just soft. Like this really is a time for softness. <laughs> And I know like in just a few weeks, I'm going to look back at this time and I'm going to miss it. Like really, like he's three and a half weeks old and it feels like three and a half months have passed, but it's also just a second, right? Yeah. The days are long, but the years are short. I'm going to take my sleeping baby and probably go sit on the couch and get absolutely nothing done <laughs> and continue to rest and stay soft as much as I can and I hope wherever you are whichever season you are that you can take a little bit of that same kind of softness and invite into the parts of your life that needs it because I think that softness that we learn to lean into at the postpartum time is something that we're going to need for the rest of our lives. And it's something that we all need at different times, wherever we are. So take care of yourself. <laughs> you can hear him snoring, right? Breathing. I'm, I'm going to put the mic on his little face. <laughs> It's the sweetest thing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I love you. Have a beautiful rest of the day and I'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of From the Heart with Rachel Brayton. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio and I'll see you next week.